Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution is in full swing, and we are digging into ways to ensure that your company has the highest chance for successful projects and thriving in the digital economy going forward. One of the world experts on those sorts of things is our favorite monthly guest, Bonnie Tinder, who's the CEO of Raven Intelligence, a site that does peer review uh, commentary about how software projects come along and the partners who help those take place. Bonnie, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to have you. It's so great to be here. And um, Bob, good to see you. All right. And Bonnie, I didn't mean to put any pressure on you talking about, you know, being a, one of the world's top experts in this. So no pressure. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, with that, um, I, I have a a big title to carry on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good. No, no, no. I think you've been demonstrating that. But um, Bonnie, you know, there's so many things going on uh, today with this. And we see companies, it feels to me like from a lot of the businesses I talk to, they're realizing that uh, it's almost like a mindset shift they had to get through, right? That before you had a software project with a beginning, middle, and at some point an end. And it seems like today, these digital transformation projects, in some discrete sense, and but the overall process just rolls on. So it's, it's a new way that uh, companies and leaders of these projects have to look at them, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this whole concept of a go live for a piece of software, I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg um, and just really the beginning of the journey. So um, really, you know, we, we think about projects as having a defined, you know, beginning and end, but they're really just part of an overall um, transformative, uh, transformative effort that, you know, really has no finish line because we're always going to be iterating and improving in the future. So who knows where the next wave of technology will take us, but, um, you know, we can say a project has an end date, but, you know, the innovation that's necessary to keep um, you know, this going on is is ongoing. And the uh, sort of that relentless pressure from the outside world, customers, partners, other stakeholders wanting things to improve, to get better, more choices, more options, different engagement models. So uh, the, the drivers are all around there, but uh, that, that's, a, a, I think, a great context. So, Bonnie, it looks like you've got some rules to help uh, people avoid problems or pitfalls on the digital transformation journey? Yeah, for sure. And I thought I would start off with my, um, my monthly quote, um, which really ties into this topic, um, stated by um, the greatest coach of all time, Mike Ditka of the Chicago Bears, um, success isn't permanent and failure isn't fatal. And, you know, as I was thinking about the topic for today, um, you know, and we just talked about these transformation efforts are iterative. Um, so just because you were successful in one portion of your project doesn't mean that you can claim success forever. And just because one part of your project, you know, um, has been really rocky, it also doesn't mean that your project, you know, you don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, and, and say, oh, well, you know, all hope is lost. Um, but really, I think what I had wanted to talk about with you today, Bob, was, you know, some of the questions you can ask yourself along the way throughout the phases of the project to make sure that, um, you know, as maybe things go off track, you can quickly get them on back on track 
and learn from, you know, any failure points, so to speak. Um, and certainly from where I sit, we look at customer project success. That's the business that we're in at, at Raven Intelligence. And I will tell you every single one of the reviews that we get from a project um, had hiccups along the way. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they were a failure um, entirely. So it's just like, let's, let's figure out what, what are those things that you can do in a very practical way to make sure that your product, um, if it is rocky, isn't a complete failure, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And finding just a quick aside on the first part of your, your, your saying there on the wall that success isn't permanent. So I know you're a Bears fan, but on the baseball side, Cubs or White Sox? Oh, absolutely. The Cubs. Okay. I'm a North, I'm a North side girl. So. Okay. All yeah. right. That was an easy. So I don't know if with the Cubs, you got to see much of, do you remember a baseball player 10, 15 years ago, Jose Canseco? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had some, he had some fantastic years, but um, you know, over time injuries, other things, you know, he just wasn't the player he used to be, he got signed to some spring training contract by a team. And uh, uh, I, I don't think he was exactly killing himself to get into shape and all that. And he got cut, you know, he was one of the players that got cut early. And at a press conference that he called to discuss this, one of the things Jose Canseco said was, I didn't know that I was going to be judged on my performance. So uh, I think <laughs> he had the notion, I guess, that because he had been successful, success is permanent. And that, you know, he'd, he'd have a lifelong job, I guess, in baseball because he had had some good years. But it's a, that is just a wickedly... Uh, damaging and harmful outlook. So uh, I think that, you know, the, the juxtaposition of those things, successes and permanent, you got to re-earn it and uh, re-justify it all the time. And if along the way, as you said, if there's failures, stumbles, hiccups, you know, they, they are not fatal. They, they can be either painful, or they can be learning experience, depending on how we learn that, uh, how we look at them and adapt to that. But I love those two things about success and about fear. It's, that's yeah. good perspective for you to to start on here. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think as we think about like the success of a, a software or digital platform, I mean, this mentality of what have you done for me lately is <laughs> always out there. Um, and so you have to continue in order for a software or, you know, a, a technology foundation that to, you know, make your organization go, it needs to have adapted with the times. Um, and, you know, I think as we think about, okay, so what are the signs of failure um, with a current project? And it, you might not be in an implementation of a new software. Maybe it's you're managing a legacy system. These are the same type of questions you should be constantly asking yourself. You know, does our project or does our um, software set us up for success in one, three, and five years? If it doesn't, that's a problem. And you need to, to go back to the drawing board there. I think another question is, is, um, you know, is the leadership um, on board with this particular initiative that we have? Are they helping to remove roadblocks or, you know, put forward resources, whether it's a budget, whether it's more people on a project to help overcome, uh, you know, the challenges? If you don't have that support from leadership, you need to ask yourself, is this a project that really is going to get the, the uh, support that it needs to be successful? Red flag there. 
Um, you know, I think a, a third question or early sign of project failure is, is our team internally meeting expectations and handling their responsibilities? If you have team members who are too busy to get the initiative, um, you know, the, uh, the tasks that they've been assigned done, or they're moving internally and no longer are going to, you know, have time um, and focus on this project, or maybe they're leaving the company. When you have team turnover, huge red flag that, you know, your project um, is at a, a turning point that, that has the propensity to fail if you're losing the momentum of your team internally. So I think those are three major questions to look at. Certainly there's others, but you know, your team, the leadership support that you have on, and what's the longevity that this project is, you know, once this is completed, going to set us up for success in the future. If you can't answer those things appropriately, it's time to go back to the drawing board and say, all right, how can we get this project back on track now? Yeah, yeah. No, um great points across the board there bonnie and um you know it's it's uh i think one of the the reasons why your counsel is so valuable and that uh, the services that raven intelligence offers are so valuable is it's fine uh and very helpful to point out these things you know here's what can go wrong but i think you've also got the corresponding things of like here's what to do about it how to avoid it for sure for sure. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we always talk about, you know, preparing, setting yourself up for success. So you're not constantly needing to ask you those questions so that you're, you know, spotting those red flags. You know, I think really easy upfront is, you know, set a clear project goal and timeline. I mean, easier said than done. I said it's easy, but I mean, that's really your defining moment and what is going to help ensure that you, um, you know, can, can meet the initiatives provided is that you've set the clear project goal and a time frame for it. As we talked in the beginning of this, you know, of, of our session together, these projects are iterative. They're going to be ongoing. They're going to last for, for many years, as long as you have, you know, the piece of technology that you're working with. On the other hand, there are defined moments that matter in that product life cycle you want to make sure in order to sort of, you know, set yourself up for success that you uh, eat the elephant one bite at a time and that you, you know, you really have a very clear sort of view as to in this phase of the project, what are the things that I need to get done to get us to the next, um, the next phase and, and things like that. So, you know, Bonnie, that's a great point. And I think we want to just dig into that a little bit more in just a second. But first, a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. Clear project goals and timelines and manage to those things. Um, and, you know, clearly the other piece of that that's related is, um, you know, you need to make sure that those project goals that you have are aligned with your company-wide goals. If those two things are different or you're sort of working in silos, not aligned with the company-wide goals, 
um, you know, it doesn't matter how great your project is. It's not going to be a success because it's not going to meet the, you know, the, the major business drivers that you're trying to, to solve for. So, I mean, that's a sort of an obvious one, but those two things need to be intrinsically linked. Hey, Bynum, can I ask, would you, um, uh, you know, the list you put these out, clear projects, goals, timelines, leadership buying to make sure the projects aligned. Is the urgency and the intensity of business today and change in the business world, is it such that, you know, should that uh, project alignment with company-wide goals, would you consider that perhaps the most important of these? Without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt, yeah. Um, you know, and we saw a lot of examples of how that that was changed, you know, with some of the acceleration um, due to, you know, the, just the crushing demands of the pandemic and needing, you know, so much more from a digital perspective in terms of, you know, customer relationship and all of those type of things. So those, you know, pressing business drivers accelerated these digital projects. So the, obviously those were, that was really easy to see the hand in hand, um, you know, uh, linkage between a project goal and, you know, your, and your, your business goal. Yeah. When we don't have such a defined sort of event like the pandemic brought us, it's a little bit more difficult to sort of make a clear tie-in with those two areas. But without a doubt, if if your technology doesn't fit into an overarching business goal that you can measure, um, again, you, you might achieve the goals that you put in place for the technology, but it's really never going to satisfy the overall um, business, uh, if, if it doesn't meet those, those overarching goals. Yeah. And I would imagine along with that, Bonnie, it also, you, it will be more and more difficult to get that leadership buying. That's so critical. If somebody says, now, wait a minute, why are we doing this? What's the, what's the thing here? And then Bonnie, I had one other question for you relating to this. So, uh, you advise people, uh, you want to be sure to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Now, how do you, what is this? Uh, is this like a, uh, baked, Broad, I, I've never heard about eating an elephant. You know, what's the best, how do you, how do you prepare an elephant? How do you cook that? <laughs> well, it, like the age old question, how do you eat an elephant? Right. It's uh, like one bite at a time, I guess. So um, I, my, I prefer mine um, sauteed. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. No, that was a good, I was, when I heard it, it makes perfect sense. It was the, just the right context for it, but I was thinking, wow, I, anyway, that's the, the but it, you, you capture the scope of the, the problem there. It's big. It kind of can seem never ending. So just be careful, be thoughtful about how you work through it, measurable. And so that other people can see the results and win and get the confidence boosts along the way. Without a doubt. And, you know, I think it's so important to celebrate those uh, successful milestones because it helps you build momentum for the other phases of your project. And it helps build support internally when people can see, hey, that went great. Yeah. And, um, you know, success becomes then contagious and people, people always want to be a part of something successful. So it's going to help you get better product project team members in the future. It's going to help you gain a wider you know, adoption for the software that you've put in place when you can show short-term success because that helps you build on 
um, the excitement internally for something, even if it's a, even if it's a small win or a small go live, um, you know, we always encourage customers to celebrate those along the way, because it really helps sort of build the, you know, the, the rest of the project. Um, yeah. Acceleration. Yeah. And then uh, Bonnie, your, your other point here uh, that you're going to describe uh, again, I find that one of the, the unique uh, differentiating aspects of Raven intelligence. One of the reasons why, you know, you've got this uh, uh, powerful set of offerings for people in the peer review space, because you get into the, the discussion of the right partner and how critical that is to these projects. For sure. And, you know, the right partner can make or break your experience and um, can help guide you along the way because they're, you know, they've done this before. This is how their, you know, their, their um, sort of core competency is project success. And so when you can find a partner that helps guide you along the way and has done it before, has that experience, has that expertise and um, can, can truly, you know, come alongside you and, um, you know, almost be an extension of your, your, your company's um, business. I mean, that's, that's the best case scenario. And so, you know, in selecting that right consulting partner, you want to find out, you know, does this partner really have a track record of success? Have they done this before? Do they have proof points that can show that other customers like me have, um, have had success in working with these people. And, uh, so really selecting the right partner, um, along the way is a big deal. Okay. Bonnie, when people, uh, check out your site regarding partners, what are a couple of the, uh, top pieces of intelligence that they're looking to gain about partners? Yeah. You want to find out, um, you know, certainly their areas of specialty. You want to find out the industries for which they have project references for. So if you're in healthcare and you see no healthcare references for them or no healthcare reviews, red flag. Um, the other type of questions that you would want to, to, you know, take a look at are the other, uh, uh, pieces of data um, that, that we look at are how good was their project scoping? Um, so do their projects have a lot of change orders or are they really understanding needs up front? That's a big differentiator um, or it's a big um, correlation to overall satisfaction is how well a project team um, you know, completes a project without doing a whole bunch of change orders. That's, that's a big piece. The other thing is, is What's the rate of team change that they have during a project? You want a partner who's not going to bait and switch you and give you the A team during the selection process and you know bring in their top talent um, so that you buy into them and then you know lo and behold you sign a contract and the JV team comes in. Mm -hmm. You don't want that. You want a, a, a partner team that's gonna stay intact throughout the duration of the project and not change. And we look at, we ask our customers, uh, the customers who review projects, what was, you know, how many times did they change the team on a project? They have multiple changes, huge red flag too. So those would be, I think the three major things um, that I would say is this team consistency, project scoping accuracy, and, um, you know, experience level. Do they look like me? Yeah. And then, Bonnie, uh, companies, you know, 
uh, into one of these projects. And it's not only the expense that's involved, but it's the opportunity, right? If this doesn't work right, you know, the, the, the company can be put in various types of jeopardy about that because, the, again, the way things are moving today, the need for these things to be done right, to be done quickly and to have to deliver the right sort of impact is so critical. Yeah. What are your what's your counsel then if somebody's partway into something, they say, I just don't have a good feeling about this. Where do they go? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it happens like as as we said, you know, failure is not final. Um, and so it's, you know, you, you want to make sure that you um, fail fast and then get up and, and um, you know, change your your path quickly. So if you do have a project that uh, you think is going off the rails, you want to identify what's happening um, in real time, identify the specific points of failure. If it's that your project team isn't right, you know, get a new consulting team in there as quickly as you can um, so that you know, you're not having to do that later. And I think trusting your gut early is better than hoping things will get better as you go along. So that would be, you know, make those changes, especially with people early. Um, you know, I think on an ongoing basis, you need to request feedback from those involved on the team, as well as your leadership or your executive sponsor, because you want sort of frank, candid feedback from all of them mm -hmm. um, about how they feel the project is. Maybe as a project leader, you sort of, you sometimes have a pride of ownership and you don't see some of the obstacles that your team members might. So these open dialogues that you can have from um, outside objective parties are, it's really good. Um, I think adju adjusting your plan based upon um, those findings and member team back, uh, member uh, feedback is important. Sometimes you just have to change the goalposts in the middle of a project. So, I, I mean, I would say that, um, well, I, I mean, I don't even have to guess, statistically speaking, you know, more than half of the projects that we see are over time and over budget. That doesn't mean that those were project failures. That doesn't mean that even the customers were unsatisfied with those projects or they failed to deliver the results. It just meant that it took longer than they had originally thought. There's a variety of reasons for that. And so you know, sometimes you just got to be flexible in terms of your expectations on time and budget, because those are, those are things that are open to change. Where you should not be flexible though, is overall quality of the project. And um, that's going back to, you know, is this team the right team to help me get my results? Identifying, you know, what are you gonna accept in terms of quality? And, you know, if, you, if you're spotting, um, you know, breaks in, in that, um, uh, or how should I say compromises in that area, changing out those team members uh, is what you what, what you want to be inflexible on. Um, and then finally, you know, just learning from your mistakes and documenting what happened. Um, you know, every project is going to have failures. So, you know, reviewing your project on Raven, you know, intel.com is like a great way to document that and help somebody else so that they can, um, you know, not make the mistakes that you did, but documenting that information internally so that you can learn from those challenges and make sure they don't continue to happen in future stages um, is also, you know, so critically important. That documentation 
Um, again, sometimes you learn more during the failure stage or during a failure than you do during success. Um, mm -hmm. So documenting that and, and learning from it and then moving to the next phase is, is really key. Uh, Bonnie, thinking there is right in line with um, something that Larry Ellison said once. Uh, he, uh, 10 or so years ago, in the early days of his work in the America's Cup, they had done uh, better than expected, but they still lost a couple of very, very close matches. And he said, uh, they say you learn more from failure than from winning. He said, maybe that's true. He said, I'm tired of learning from failing. He said, I want to learn from winning. He said, let's see if we can learn more there. So um, I, I think you're right. But it, the, the significance about that thing of learning from your failures is never repeat them again. And, you know, how can you not just sort of get back to zero, but then be smarter next time, be able to do it faster and, you know, make each one of those not just uh, a little bit better, but incrementally better along the way. That then helps build the organization-wide support and enthusiasm. People want to be on your team. Like you've said, they want to be with the winner. Yeah. So it's, you know, just in a way some common sense, but it also, I think this hard-earned common sense um, that you've described here today, because things are so much more intense. The impact is, can be bigger and the implications these days are bigger. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, I think, your value as a project leader and as just a leader in general goes up when you have your battle stories, but that you can actually talk about, all right, and here's how I overcame them as well. And that's really what, um, you know, on your next project is going to, you know, to help you be even better, um, yeah. is, is to, to understand what those, you know, what those failures were, but, but, um, yeah, become a success as a result. Well, Bonnie, thanks. This was great. I think, uh, you know, as always, you deliver some very, very hard-earned advice in practical ways that, you know, uh, the rest of us can understand. And again, the, the timeliness of what you're describing today uh, just seems more uh, essential than ever in these times of, uh, you know, increasing reliance across all phases of an organization on technology to be the thing that creates, you know, unique advantage that creates the opportunities for growth and success. So um, thanks for the great discussion today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me here. All right, Bonnie, thanks. It was great. And to all of you, thanks for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Look forward to seeing you next time.